Men, take your seats. Hey, who is excited to be here? Let me tell you something. Some of you who are speakers, when you go to different churches, sometimes you go to a place and you feel there is a wall. There is a wall and you struggle if you're going to speak. You're like, there is a, there is a thick ceiling. But this morning as these young people were leading worship, I felt like how Jacob was sleeping on the stone and there was an open heaven and he saw angels descending and ascending, descending and ascending, descending and ascending. You guys are ministering under an open heaven. I know what I mean because I've felt a ceiling before. I can tell when the ceiling is not there. Whatever you do to keep that open, keep, keep, keep doing that. Recently I was invited to go speak in a church. Someone just called me. I didn't know his name. I didn't know the pastor's name. I didn't know where the church was. I knew nothing about the church. But then I felt inside me that I was supposed to be there. I asked people, do you know the church? They said, no. Do you know anyone there? I said, no. But anyway, when I arrived, there was an open heaven. In that place, there was an open heaven. Praise Jesus. Pastor Faith, hey, by the way, my name is Anne. Sometimes I'm just excited about Jesus and I'm like, hey, what's my name? My name is Anne. She already said it. I'm a mom of three. I have a 15-year-old and 11 and three years old. So the three years old doesn't know where I am. She's like, where is mom? I think she's moving around the house, but she will understand in the future that there is someone called Jesus. <laughs> when he calls you to go serve, you go. Yeah. Praise Jesus. I thank God for such a golden, beautiful opportunity for me to come and be here this weekend. I feel so full in my heart. I feel so blessed. You know how you Ugandans are. You're full of joy. Yeah, you're full of joy. Sometimes Rwandans, are there like, they're spy. They're, you know, like, I think all, somehow Rwandans should all of them maybe be in BCID, FBI, like... Central intelligence, because it's as if everything they have to interpret what is going on, who is this person. So before they even go into the presence of God, they're like, Who is this person? Where is she coming from? Like, before you know, the 30 minutes are gone, and the guy is still thinking about who you are. Faith understands what I'm saying. They are so rational in their mind before they even go to the heart. But I, when I come here, just, I don't know, I just plug in. I just plug in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Faith and Pastor Alex, thank you so much and the leadership here for considering even, you know, inviting me to speak this, this, this weekend. Pastor Faith asked me to speak and she gave me a verse. She told me I want you to speak on this verse. It's in Daniel chapter 11, verses 32. But I'll read 30, the whole of 32 and the Bible says... Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Our key verse is the half of this Bible verse that says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That is the New King James Version. And the Old King James Version says, 
But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let me say it again. But the people who know their God, shall, they shall be strong and do exploits. I want us to give a context. Why did Daniel say this? You need to go back. Who was he talking to? What was happening? You have to understand that Daniel chapter 11 is a prophetic chapter. When he wrote this, whatever he wrote in the chapter had not yet happened. So part of the book of Daniel, part of it, the things actually literally happened. But I think from maybe chapter 7, if I remember well, everything Daniel said was prophetic. And chapter 11 is one of them where he speaks prophetically. Now during, in the prophecy, he had seen things that were going to happen in the future. Because the Jewish people had experienced some fierce persecutions through the centuries. And Daniel had anticipated that during the reign of a guy called Epiphanes, he was a Syrian king, that this guy was, would come in the future and persecute the children of Israel and abuse everything that they had believed in. He had prophesied that this guy, this, this king, later when he came, he ordered that the Jewish sacrifices that would cease. He polluted the temple of God. That king, he, provid, he prohibited the observance of the Sabbath. Can you imagine if we had a president in Uganda and he said, no more people going to Sunday, to church on Sunday. No more, no more church, church services on Sunday. So when this king came, he prohibited everything the Israelites used to do, including the Sabbath. The circumcision of the children, you know that was one of the things Israelites used to do. They circumcised their children as a covenant. He said, no more circumcision of the boys, no. The same king, he ordered all the copies of scripture to be destroyed. He set up idolatrous uh, altars. He commanded the Jews to offer unclean sacrifices and insisted that they eat pigs and they never used to eat pigs. Anyone, or pork, or pork, right, pork? Now, Ugandan say amen. I think there would, there would be strikes on the street. No pork, no, we want pork, we want pork, we want pork. So anyone who disobeyed this king's edicts was sentenced to death. Daniel had anticipated all that. But this is what he said. During that time, when everything is going through too much, when there is persecution of all kind, he said, those who know their God during that time. Are you getting the context? While everyone is going through persecution and they're killing people and the temple is normal, those who know their God, they'll do exploits. It's a strange word. We don't use exploits all the time. What does exploit mean? It means a heroic deed of achievement. Like you do something and all of a sudden everyone's saying, that guy is a hero. Why? Because he did something amazing. So if you hear this afternoon, mid-morning, 
and you're facing some kind of resistance in your own context, if something is not working well, if something is against your progress, if you're pushing and then you feel as if there is a ceiling somewhere, let me tell you, don't stop because the Bible says, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. When you look at this verse, it has three key components. It has knowing God, first of all. Knowing God, there is a supreme being, the creator of heaven and earth, who is holy, who is somewhere called heaven, and angels worship him every now and then. They worship him unendingly. He sustains each and everything. He oversees, he gives life to the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and all of us. That this supreme being, you can actually know him. So, there is knowing God. And then there is being strong. And then there is doing exploits. God's people are characterized by what we know. Who we are and what we do. Notice that these three characteristics of the child of God are related. And how are they related? This is how. For only as we know God can we be strong. And only as we are strong can we undertake exploits in the name of the Lord. Are you seeing how each concept is interlinked into another? That for only as we know God can we be strong. Because without, we, without him we are weak, we are nothing. And only as we are strong can we undertake exploits in his name. Conversely, if we are not doing exploits for God, it is because we are not strong. It's obvious. And if we are not strong, it is because we do not know God well enough. Now, let me ask us, can we actually know God? Because the statement already has a connotation. Because if someone says, if you eat Rolex three times a week, what? <laughs> See, when you hear that statement, it already has affirmation and proof that there is something called a Rolex. And actually someone can eat that thing three times a what? Yeah. So Daniel says, those who know their God. Now, you have to be very careful about who's saying these things. There are some people that have experienced things, that have gone through things. When they start talking, you listen. Because Daniel knew God. If you know his life, you know what he has gone through. You know this guy, they threw him in the den of the lions and the lions lost their appetite. The whole night because the guy was clean. This guy experienced God. He served five pagan kings. All of them. The Bible tells us this guy served during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. If you know scripture, this Nebuchadnezzar was not a joke. He had a den of lions. You, may, you, you just piss him off and he throws you in. He creates this statue. If you don't worship it, they put you in a furnace. And that furnace had an increase. You could just 
increase seven times. How many minutes do you expect her to burn it to ash? Uh, two minutes. Okay. Increase. This guy served Nebuchadnezzar, served another king called Evo Moradach. He served another king called Darius. He served Belshazzar. He served during the reign of King Cyrus. I had a picture. Did, did you give it to the media team? Let me have the picture. Um, there is a time I traveled to the U.S., but it was during um, the time they celebrate veterans, guys who served during World War. So I happened to be in Texas, and someone told me, come and watch the parade. Oh, my goodness, they brought some of the machine guns they were using during World War. I was, I was seeing things. Then someone came, and he was in this car that was moving so slowly. I think they used them in the parade. And he had a hat on, and the hat had Richard Overton 110 years. He was still alive. That was 2017 in November. This guy served during the World War. And he was 110 years. And was the only one remaining. So people were watching him. I have a picture of him. And my question, what was going on in my mind, I was like, I want to ask him whatever he saw. When I saw this guy, I saw him face to face. And I was curious to know, what did he see? What does he know? What has he experienced? Oh my goodness, what stories does he have? If someone has lived for 110 years and served during the World War, you want to sit there and hear what he has to tell you. So when Daniel says, those who know their God... And he was speaking prophetically because I don't think when that, the time when those things happened that he was still alive. Some people can just share their testimony and people give their lives to Jesus. Yeah. You stand up here like when Rosette spoke here, I felt like we should just worship. Last night during Princess Night, when she shared her testimony, I just felt the presence of God in the house. I was like, we should just, we should just worship. So, we can actually know some people actually know about God. If you took a microphone on the street, there, and asked people, do you know about God? They're going to tell you, yeah, I do. He created me, yeah, and everything upstairs, yeah. So you can know just about God. Some people really know, have gone to school, they are scholars. I had a student in my class, you go. He God showed up at the Bible school. He was so knowledgeable. He could just memorize scripture, recite scripture. But the guy, during the break, he would go and smoke. Ten minutes break, he goes smoking. But he knows scripture. He knows everything about God. But this guy would come to class drunk sometimes. So you see, he knows about God. He knows some, he has information about God. But there's something missing. There's something missing. It is possible to know God as a scholar. You can understand all the theology, all the systematic theology, all the home. You can know all those things, understand all those things, recite verses. I don't know, come every day. You can actually come to church every day. You know, you can. But when you've not fully known God, there are levels of knowledge. Now, some of you know my name, that I'm called Anne. 
Some of you have a glimpse that my husband's called Fred. Faith told you we are married, have, I'm married to a pastor. You know that. But there is a way she knows me that you don't know me. There are other stories we know about each other. There are some experiences we've gone through together. There are levels of what? Of knowledge. Like you know your husband better than anyone else. Even if he stages a show up here, you're like, <laughs> I know you. I know you. You're there, I know last night you were quarreling, you didn't even pray. We, we even left home, you slammed the door when you moved out. Because you know that person. No one knows Pastor Alex like Faith. She knows him. She can know when he's sad, when he's stressed, whether he says it or not. So, knowing, even knowing God has levels. There is a lady that laughed at her husband's funeral. You know that coffin was there and she's like, <laughs> mm. and people, you know, and she's having this strange laughter like, <laughs> mm. and then when they asked her, why are you laughing? There's something you have to pinch her like. Do you know what she said? Today is the only day when I'm sure where he's going. Today. It is the only day that I'm sure where this guy is going. Today to get a music, at least in the short, you have to music. But all the days I've lived with him. I had no idea again. They're like, and the guy goes. A friend of mine told me about her uncle that her uncle would go to work and he has lunch at home. Lunch he eats home. And then he's back by five. You see the routine? He goes to work, but lunch he's home, and 4:35 he's home. Consistently. But after some good years, they find out this guy has another wife with two children. True story. Everyone in the family was shocked. Listen, he would go to work between 8, 7, and midday he's home for lunch, then, out, then he's back at home. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've experienced in life. Hey. It is actually way easier to know God than than a human being. Do you know why? Because God is pure. Everything he tells you is truth. When he tells you, I've gone to town, if God ever tells you, I've gone to town, he has actually gone to town. How can we know him? Number one, through Jesus Christ. Yeah. We know God, first of all, for us as believers, through someone called Jesus Christ. Because the Bible tells me in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, that the Son is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. The Bible tells me that he is before all things and in him all things hold together. 
the Bible tells me he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have what? Supremacy or, 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 supremacy or eminency. Listen, the Bible says in verse 19 that for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Come on, lift Jesus in this place. We know him through Jesus. When you accept him, we start the journey of knowing him. Because... The fullness of God, we, we may not even understand that theology. To understand that God, his whole being and who he is, dwells in someone else called Jesus. For us who are seated here to be able to understand that mystery, man, it's grace. Muslims, they are struggling. No, he's not the son of God, you people. He's just a prophet. And we're like, no. <laughs> He's the son of God. Like, no, God didn't have a wife. Like, listen, you not understand these things, but he is the son of God. They don't understand. But by grace revealed to us, we do understand that he's the son of the living God. That he died on the cross for our sins. That he's our redeemer. He's everything. That everything exists. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Come on, if you love Jesus, give him a big hand clap. Yeah. Thank him that you know him. But Lillian said last night that she was in which village? Kadawati. It comes back in the night. Hey, Uganda, what you have you go to city church. <laughs> My pastor is Pastor Alex Mutagubia. Stop adding S somewhere like is Mutagubia. Ugandan girls be like Pastor Pastor Alex Mutagubia. Mr. Pastor Alex Mutagubia. We can know him through who? Through Jesus Christ. In John 14, verse 5 to 12, Jesus is having a conversation with Thomas and Philip. And he's telling them, I am going to heaven. And there are many rooms in my father's house. If it were not, you're not true, I would not be telling you that. And then Thomas tells him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus looks at Thomas and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he tells him, if you really know me, we are talking about knowing God, you will know the Father as well. And then listen, he tells me, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now that you have seen me, you have seen the father. Who knows Mr. Bean? You know Mr. Bean? So some guy found him where they sell cars. I looked at him and I was like, hey, 
you kind of look like someone who acts like Mr. Bean. And Mr. Bean is like, I am the one. And the guy's like, <laughs> people have wishes. You're not the one. And Mr. Bean said, the more I explain to the guy that I'm the one, the more the argument didn't stop. You're not the one. I am the one. You're not the one. I am the one. So the, Jesus told the disciples, now that you have seen me, you have also done what? Seen him. Then listened Philip. And then Philip, Philip is so annoying. Then Philip said, Lord, now show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus Christ. And he had been moving around with them. So Jesus tells him, Philip, how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is also in me? The words I said to you are not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. He tells him, believe me when I say that I am the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. You can't separate us. Yeah, like you will not understand. You see, Pastor Faith, Alex is not here but he's here. At faith, our garment struck at a coga, and a Musumaja quit a garment. pastor faith, your garment struck at Onoga. Banang. Because they are one. That math, one plus one equals one. Yeah. Some people will not understand that. One plus one equals one. So for Jesus and God, one plus one equals one. It's like we are one. You can actually be moving around with Jesus. Like Philip and Thomas asking questions that are shocking Jesus because you're not living like you actually know him. Jesus was like, even you, Philip, you don't really know. Paul said, for me, I want to know Christ. Not just to know him, I also want to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings. I want to become like him even in his death. Paul reached a level of knowing God that you could not scare him with anything. There is a time they told him, don't go to Jerusalem. This is going to happen, happen to you. And he said, I'm actually ready for death. And somewhere in Philippians, Paul says, Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. By the time you reach that level of knowledge of knowing God, Many have known him because all of us fear death. Hey, all of us fear death. You want to see him, but you want to go like Enoch. Like, there is a joke sometimes I tell. I had someone told it to me that a guy came and stood at the, at the, at the entrance of the church. And he said, I'm going to kill all of you. But I'm going to kill you according to alphabetical order. So if your name is Anne, you come first. So all the church members got scared. Everyone added letter Z at the beginning of their name. So Faith was like, what's your name? I am the Faith. Uh -huh. What's your name? My name is the what? The Martha. My name is the On. Like, so that guy is like, really? So if someone showed up with a machete here, <laughs> are you sure you would not add letter Z? Zisenungkuma. <laughs> Now, if your name is in Luganda and it is long, Garamanya Gali, eh? Zirimanya, 
So there are levels of knowledge. You have to know him to a level where he doesn't owe you anything. He gave the only thing he had. He already gave it. Everything he's giving us. Yet he has already given us his best. Some people, in Uganda, do they still do that? Someone would bring 20,000. You can still do those things. But you know they happen. Someone you people. Let me tell you, you have to know God to that level. He doesn't change how you see him. You should love God so much to a level whether he actually gives you what you're asking him for or not, your good. Because truth be told, some of the things we ask God for the reasons he has. That's the truth. People struggle. That's a theological struggle. People ask, what? I asked, I believed, I prayed. You can believe and pray and someone still dies. And you are anointed. <laughs> so you have to know God to that level, that level, right? That level. Shadrach and Meshach, but King Yabagamba, you worship this idol. Worship it, fall down and worship. And they told him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not have to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If you throw us into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. That is the most beautiful part, right? But then they said, but even if he doesn't, by the time they made this statement, there was no U-turn. They knew the furnace is there. They had reached a point, I know God. He will save me, he will deliver me. But even if, for you, we have to, to know God to that level. That even if he doesn't give you, like Rosette. If this is your choice, I'm okay. Sometimes you can ask God for something and he chooses for the reasons he has. Paul prayed. We don't know what kind of thorn it was. But God told him, my, my grace is what? Sufficient. See you face to face. So we can know him through Christ. We can know God by spending time in his presence. It's like any other relationship. If you're here and you have a boyfriend and every time he tells you he's busy. Yeah. He's like, I'm busy. Sorry, I was stuck in work. To work in the bathroom to send me a text message. Hi, babe. How are you doing? It's a lie. It's a lie. The things you actually give priority to, you find time for. It's, it's an issue of priority. Because remember how you're dating someone? He calls you 700 times a day. 
checks on you before you arrive he has arrived before you go he has hey because he's wants to spend time with you the bible says that Enoch walked with god for 300 years faith hey 300 years this man walked faithfully with god in genesis chapter 5 till when god just took him moses spent time in the presence of god in exodus 34 that the Bible says when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with God. Sometimes you spend time with God and it is showing people see a presence on you. You see things other people are not saying. Hey, when we go in the presence of God, he opens things. He opens mysteries for you. Before you arrive at church, you know someone is coming who is sick. I remember we were at campus and we went to Nairobi. I was a fresh year student, first year student. And this team was going to Nairobi and they told me, do you want to come with us and help us lead worship? And I don't know all these guys, we were 11. So we went and my friend Lois, she's married to one of the pastors. They now live in Canada. And Lois told me before we entered church, we are in a village in Kenya called Kingston. And Lois told me, we are standing at the entrance and we are almost going to enter church. She told me, you know what, Anne? God told me that there is, a, there is a woman in this church. Her name is Lois. She has my name. And that she has been asking God for shoes. And God has told me to give her shoes. Sunday morning. So we entered and she was supposed to preach. I sat there. So Lois, actually it's the most accurate prophecy I had ever seen. Like she was too accurate. So she's preaching and preaching and preaching and she's like, lady stand up. What's your name? The lady stood up and said, my name is Lois. And she asked him, what have you been asking God for? She said, I've been asking God for shoes. She put off her shoes and they fit perfectly. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey. And she preached the rest of the sermon with no shoes. Listen, people. Seek his face. Last year, there is this particular guy who would go to bed and have a dream about him. That he has kids. He's a church member. I'll brush it off and I'll brush it off. And I was like, how am I going to ask this young man whether he has kids? It doesn't, it doesn't even concern me. It's his business. So, in Feb this year, I looked at him and asked him, do you have children? And he said, no. <laughs> do you understand Kinyaranda? You need interpretation of tongues, right? And he, we, I, we left it at that. And the next day he came and told me the truth. Let me tell you, we serve a God actually who can, when we spend time with him, he can reveal things. He can speak to us. You're not understanding what I'm saying. But when we spend time in his presence, it's different. A story is told about two guys who are told to recite Psalms 23. All of us know it. I can pick two people and ask them to recite Psalms 23. So, the first one recited the psalm perfectly and he sat. Another one came and recited the psalm. By the time he finished the psalm, everyone was crying. Same psalm. What's different about them? Then someone said, one knows the psalm, another knows the shepherd. 
You can love God too when it transpires in each and everything you're doing. So we spend time in his presence becomes different. John, Peter, and James were in the presence during the transfiguration. And Jesus' face changed. And Moses showed up and Elijah showed up. Ooh, Jesus is shining. And Peter had an idea. Oh, we are not going back there. Let's put tents and just live here. Who cares about the nine disciples that didn't come? Duh. We're good to go. Moses is here. Elijah is here. Jesus is here. He's shining. That's all we need. So his presence changes our lives, reveals things. The last point, we get to know him when he speaks. Sometimes he speaks. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to David. He spoke to the king. He spoke to the prophets. He spoke to the shepherds about Jesus. He spoke to Mary. He spoke to Paul. He spoke to disciples. God has been speaking. I think Job said that for God does speak, now one way, now another, though people do not perceive it. It's not that God doesn't speak. He speaks. He speaks. Tap someone on the shoulder and tell them, God speaks. So how do we get to know him? We get to know him when he speaks to us. When he speaks, he reveals things that are tricky to understand. In Daniel chapter 2, there is a story when King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. That guy was mean. He had a dream and he told everyone, all the wise men and astrologers told them, normally when you have a dream and you don't understand, you tell someone to interpret the dream for you. He told them, no, <laughs> I don't want you to, to interpret my dream. Tell me what I dreamt. And said, tell me what I dreamt. And then he said, if you don't tell me, they're going to cut you to pieces. Eh? And the guys were like, king, just tell us the dream. We will what? Eh? We will interpret the what? The dream. And the guys said, you guys think I'm joking. I can see you're buying time. <laughs> but the Bible says, Daniel went, told these guys, the three boys. Mugende musabe. Mugende mwegaire katonda. And the Bible says Daniel went and in the night God spoke to him told him exactly what the king dreamt. Hey! That level of understanding mysteries is another level. But Promax by the time God actually tells you what someone else dreamt. And also gives you meaning of the dream. So the Bible says God revealed everything to Daniel. And when he did this, what Daniel said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. For he knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank and praise you, God. My ancestors, you have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked 
of you. Listen, God speaks. We get to know him when he speaks to us. And he showed up before the king and told him, King, I want to, um, yeah, I want to tell you what you dreamt. And the king is like, are you sure? You know what I dreamt like that? that Daniel's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you dreamt. And he tells him, no wise man, enchanter, magicians, diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has, he asked about. And then he says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Come on, give praise to Jesus. He told him, no one can do what you asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals what? Mysteries. One day my daughter, Rwanda, to your chips by the restaurant. You come home, come to Rwanda, I'll give you chips and beans, Zewaka. Yeah, like for real. Like chips is part of the menu. so tempting. Right? So Debbie picked one and then I'm in my bedroom and the moment she did, I called her name and she put the, the chip in her pocket. And to be honest, I'm still also confused. When she showed up in my bedroom, I told her, you have chips in your pocket. And she's like, mom, 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 how did you know? I'm like, I don't know. But God, even something like that, God speaks. Come on, God speaks. Hey. Yeah, God speaks. Elijah mocked the, the prophets of Baal. is like, you guys. I, you call louder. It could be sleeping. Maybe he went on a long journey. Like, And he told them the God who answers by fire. And the guys shouted the whole day. But our God, when we call, he hears. He actually answers prayer. You can actually ask. The Bible says, that Elijah was a man just like us. But he called fire from heaven and fire, boom. The Bible says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you don't know. God speaks through his word. He speaks through people. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through circumstances. Even right now he's speaking to someone. He can speak through an individual. God speaks to his children. God speaks. When we call him, he speaks. When he speaks, we get to know him. Recently, I was speaking in, in a group of young people. We call it House of Wisdom. And there was this boy who was seated in the front with, with a black book, taking notes in a black book. In a youth, Saturday youth service. And... I felt in my heart that I should give him money. But I was just impressed by how he had a, a black book taking notes. And others, you know these young people these days, like they're on their phone, like whatever, you're preaching, when are you done? Like, when are you done? So I felt like giving him money. And I gave him money. And it's like, you people, let me give a testimony. 
I arrived here with 400 francs, coins. And I want to start a small business at school. And I had asked God, I came here before all of you. And he said, God, can you surprise me? Nina sitting in and I need money. And I want you to like shock me. And he's like, Pastor Anne, you have no idea. You have just answered the prayer I prayed before we started. Now. Hey. David said, the Lord is my strength. Where do we get our strength? Be strong and do exploits. <laughs> David said, the Lord is what? My strength and my shield. And my heart trusts in him. There are people who did exploits. Do you know why they did them? Moses delivering Israelites. Joshua conquering Canaan, Gideon and the 300 men, Solomon building the temple, David killing Goliath, Elijah and Elisha, Esther and Ezra, Nehemiah and Mary, and the apostles and Jesus Christ himself. Do you know why they were able to do exploits? Do you know why they were strong? Because they knew God. Please stand up on your feet. Ask someone, do you really know him? Ask him, do you really, like really, for real, know him. Our worship leader is going to lead us. They told us they are going to come back here. We need to know him. We need to love him. We need to fall in love with him. You know when you know someone, you can actually reach a point where you complete someone else's sentence. I have a sister sometimes who takes the same thing. Do you have like siblings like that? Because you know each other, you understand the jokes. You Sometimes we laugh with faith. We understand us. But all that comes from the relationship you've built with someone. Same applies to our God. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For revealing yourself to us through your son, Jesus Christ. For actually allowing him to come here as incarnate Christ, as God, the Son of Man, to experience life here, we can easily relate to him. He was born poor. He, in a normal family like us, he was hungry, he fell asleep. He was betrayed, he was sold, he was, man, everything. He's the kind of savior I relate to because he walked where I'm walking. He felt the things we feel here. So help us to know you. Continue to help us fall in love with you completely. So that before you speak, we actually even know what you're going to speak. For us, our lives to be intertwined with yours. To a level where they cannot separate us from you. Because it's mysterious how we've become kind of like one with God. And Jesus said, you, you will do even greater things than me. Thank you for your word this afternoon. I ask that the enemy doesn't steal it from your children. That it will go and actually bear fruit. That someone will leave this place encouraged to even love Jesus the more. To seek him the more. To want his face be radiant like Moses's or Jesus's. Because when we fall in love you, with you and dwell in your presence. Man, you reveal mysteries. Sometimes we use too much energy to understand what's happening. The 
sometimes when we spend time with you, make it easy. So we thank you for what this morning and we, we want to worship you and lift your name one more time in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you so much.